0: Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice.
1: Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. We hope you've had a good day and are ready for another great stock market show. Tonight we're going to explore why the Dunning-Kruger effect, has anyone looked it up yet? is killing your stock market profits and how to fix it. As always, we'll look at what is currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks that you're interested in and give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam, our Chief Analyst. And we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hi, how are you going, Dale? (laughs) Are you going to let me talk now? (laughs) Shall I let him talk?
0: You didn't let me talk last week. It it took (laughs) right over, didn't
1: she? Well, that's the problem. If you give me the control, that's what happens.
0: Well, I know, but I've got to train you you because I'm going away for five weeks in May, so
1: you're going to be it. So yeah. how come I haven't got a learner's little badge or something? Well,
0: I don't think we need that. Okay. I don't think we need to go overboard, but it's fine. You're doing pretty well. I think she's doing pretty well, aren't you guys? That's pretty good. Look,
1: just subscribe or like the show, and that will tell him that I'm doing well. Please help well, me out need to subscribe
0: a lot. That's what they need to do, is subscribe a lot, because they haven't subscribed much over the last few months, so oh, okay. I think they need to do that. And, right. and like the show, really do like the show. If you do come back every week, make sure every week you hit the like button and make sure you hit the um, the actual... Big red subscribe button too. But if you have a burning question for us, remember on the right of the screen is the chat box for you. So put your questions in there. Also, I'd like to say a big hi to the new people on the show. There's a few new people I believe that are joining us today, so or tonight. So welcome, guys. We're looking forward to um, having you on board, and hopefully we can help you out.
1: Now moving on, as it is the second Tuesday in the month, that means we take a look at the sectors and indices in the Australian market. So how about we bring up our charting software and get into discussing these now? Now on the screen there, you can see that we have the mid-cap 50 at the top. Now, Dale, thank you very much. He's ordered these already. You're very organized, aren't you? Um, ASX, s ASX mid-cap 50 stocks. Okay, registered 0.95% so far for the month, but it's only early days, obviously. We're not even halfway through the month yet. The small ordinaries is actually up. So interesting to see the smaller stocks in the market making it a move. And then we've seen the the ASX 20.77%, uh, the ASX 200.54, and the 300.5. So a big difference the there. Way there. Yeah, with the 300 and the mid cap 50, isn't it?
0: That's always the way because mm. it's because the market's driven by the big end of town. Mm. So you see the big stocks turn first, mm. while the small ones go up because people think, ah, oh, the big ones are getting too expensive. You know, I go for some of the cheaper ones, the smaller ones, the smaller mm-hmm. caps. So we'll go into those. So they start rising, while the bigger ones start falling. And then at the other end of the scale, the bigger ones start rising, while the other ones are still falling.
1: Yeah. So what you're effectively saying is, when we know we're getting to a peak in the market, mm. that the smaller ones are still rising and they're right up there in the leaders.
0: Correct. And the yeah. big leaders are slowing down, and that's really mm. what happens. So, can we have a look at the yearly figures to date? So from January. Okay. So yeah. one January, just to show people where things are moving here on a yearly basis. Now, this is for the year to date from 1 January, so calendar, year, not financial. Now, this
1: yet. reinforces what you were just saying. Correct. Yeah, the big mm. end of town
0: was moving earlier with 20. the top 20 moving 6.54% this year since 1 January. Although so that's ahead of reporting. That's ahead of reporting, and mm. now we're in this reporting season, which we'll talk a little bit about anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that's quite interesting. Have you been keeping an eye on the US reporting season?
1: Look, I have, there was some really good news that came out today, so mm. I thought, well, they're doing reasonably well, aren't they?
0: I know, and this is, mm. this is the interesting thing. So let's go and now look at the sectors of what's actually moving. So we know there's more some of those... Uh, lower end your mid caps and your smaller caps are actually starting to move but let's look at the different sectors at the moment yeah so this you is can the see yearly there,
1: figures. yeah you can see there the healthcare sectors on the lead top of the leaders board information technology consumer staples which is great to see mm. that one up there more defensive area of the market communication services is up high so we've seen telstra holding up quite well um consumer discretionary um in the middle of the leaders board, there the All Ordinaries index is around five percent up. Financials is lagging. Industrials is down. Uh, I like to see industrials strong, and yet we're seeing the the it's slowing low. down of that sector, which fits in with what you're saying, because for industrials for the market to be pushing higher, the industrials have to be pushing higher mm. just historically. So materials is towards the bottom of this of the group, and energies negative wow I oil do you no. want
0: to go and have a look at the energy chart so because okay. it is there so um from that and have a good look at it so that's a daily chart at the moment so let's yeah let's over. just
1: bring that up and go yeah. to monthly
0: and let's have a look at monthly so this is the energy energy is the worst performing sector this year mm. since 1 january and you can see how it's been going south since 2007 so it's actually slowed right down um but we've now had a bullish move since 2015. My thinking is this is just easing off a little bit before me, it starts to exciting. take off. That looks mm. brilliant. And so don't get disheartened about um a sector not being a performer because that's where you're going to find some of those gems. So have a look at some of the stocks in the energy sector because they could be good moving forward for the next year or two years. And same with materials, I know mm. uh, with materials that, uh, and industrials There'll be stocks in there that we'd want to really have a good look at to prepare because trading is really about finding what's going to rise, not what has risen, if that makes sense. And so
1: it's not like the diamond in the rough, which is we don't look, focus at the bottom end of the market with a, all Correct. those little stocks, but it's still sort of like a diamond in the rough, isn't it, with some Correct. stocks lagging and then mm. becoming the favourites again?
0: I, I, try like, I like to call it what's been unloved. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a nicer term. So stocks that have been unloved, go and have a look at them, and good stocks that have been unloved mm. for a little bit, uh, you know, rather than a lot of people try and find the small cap stocks that might make them a fortune, and I was chatting with a trader today, you know, one somebody I've known more than two decades, and he said a lot of people are going, um, saying, well, let's get into these small caps and hopefully they're going to pick one that's going to go up a, a, mm. like a rocket. And the chances of you picking something that's going to go off like a rocket is like less than 1%.
1: But the worst part is not that. It's actually mm. the fact that if you do pick one that goes up like a rocket, then you're hooked. Then yeah, they're then you'll and they think, think every off. find coming another up. One of those. Can yep. we have a
0: look at materials as well? Because energy, I yeah. said, we'll want to have a look at that one. So let's have a look at materials.
1: So if, so if we go back to materials and we're coming through. Oh, that's the mid cap, that's sorry. That's the
0: mid cap. So yeah, so your next tab over.
1: Not that one. <laughs> <I
0: don't laughs> so go to the materials and. No, it's no. down there. So they're in the blue tab. Do you want me to find it for you? Yeah, I think you did look little I'll through go and find it for you, guys. I messed um, up your
1: chart. Sorry, man. I messed about
0: up that. my chart. So I can't <laughs> read now. Where is it? Um, where is it? Go up here. I can't read that, can you read that?
1: Yeah, X- that's the sectors, That's it? XMB. Materials. is that the
0: materials? No, Mid-cap. that's the mid-caps. So let's move on. This is not good, what's that one? No, that's metals and mining.
1: That's that's as good Small. as anything, metals and mining. Mm,
0: it is, it looks very, very good, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, if, you, if you have
1: a look at that, it gives you a good idea mm. of what the materials sector's doing anyway, mm. because it's heavily weighted to BHP and some of the big miners. Mm.
0: It is and it looks really, really nice and they're just easing off a bit at the moment so I think they're going to go for a run. So they're the sort of areas that we're suggesting people get into at this but point. The
1: challenge on. is for these the sectors is mm. that the resistance now overhead is quite strong. Mm. So in order to push higher and head towards all-time highs, we've got to see a move through that line. Yep. And that's the challenge for this sector at the moment and we know that the whole thing with the coronavirus has held everything back. Mm. The, the price of iron ore has fallen away and that's influenced BHP and Rio. Correct. Mm. Stay
0: tuned, guys. We'll tell you when they start to move.
1: (laughs) Okay. I think now it's time that we get into our first email of the night. And this is from Paul. Um, He says, stop losses, um," and that's his subject for the night, TWE opened well below my stop loss due to information released after market. So I feel for anyone who was hanging on to that stock. And this has created a situation where my 15% stop has gone down about 25 below purchase price and my stop is in limbo with a 25% capital loss. My question is, if we all have stop losses on our shares, and for example the US market were to drop 25% before our market opens, surely the stop losses will not activate as our market which follows the US will open well below the stop loss set. Um, Also in another situation the big end of town creates a big sell-off which activates your stop and you find the next day Shares are back to normal, but you've suffered a 15% capital loss due to market manipulation I've read both your books and I'm a subscriber to the YouTube channel regards Paul. Thanks very much, Paul That was a big one. You almost stumped me there Uh, Look, I mean that's interesting isn't it that what Paul's saying because just because the US market at times, our market follows the US market at times, doesn't mean that our market no. follows the US market. In fact, Correct. if you look at a big picture chart of the Australian market versus the US market, it's quite different. And Australia is now catching it, making the, the headway to, to attempt to catch up to where the US market was. And if you've, mm. you've read, as you said, you read Dale's book. And in the second book, the Accelerate Your Wealth, it talks about a graph. That, and it, this graph shows how every five years, approximately, the Australian market is leading the US market and then the US market takes over, vice versa, all all Mm. the way throughout history. So it is very changeable. And I guess, Dale, did you want to talk about the the stop-loss scenario where, you know, you've got the US market falls heavily and...
0: You bring up TWA and I'll talk a bit about the stop-loss because I I, I 100% agree with you in terms of the US I never assume the Australian market's going to follow the US market but then don't assume a stock that you own will follow what's happening on the US because that's a different thing again the stock the stock will tell you to buy or sell that's what it's going to do regardless of the market and and I' not never in my whole life have I ever decided to buy or sell a stock based on what the Australian market's doing or the US market's doing because that's not in my thinking. My thinking is what that stock is doing. Mm. So, when we're talking about stop losses, sometimes SHIT happens. It just happens. You've got a stock and it falls out of bed and you get stopped out. My question is Is you're losing 25% and you set a gap down and you are losing 25%. Um, to me, that means you probably bought at the wrong time. Uh, that'd be my guess. Because you didn't tell me when you bought. Um, and so to me, I'm, my guess straight away is, is when you see things like that happen is you have bought at the wrong time. Um, and secondly, if, you, if a stock gaps through your stop loss, just exit. That's what you do. That's why your stop losses are there. You just suck it up and go, nope, next time. Because it's not going to happen very often, but it will happen very occasionally. It might only happen once every three or four years that you suffer a bigger loss like 20% or 25% you just get out Um, because the market is yes it is manipulated by the big end of town it does happen Um, whilst it's illegal it does happen Um, and they're there to, to make money and how they do that is by pushing the market around whereas TWE looking at that chart I wouldn't have been in TWE in the last since last year. I would have got out late last year, probably mid to late last year. I would have exited that stock based on the chart at the moment. Mm. What do you think?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I agree with you totally. Just looking at the monthly chart, um, mm. if you if you if you've got a twenty five percent loss, it means that you've probably entered somewhere around here.
0: And that's a bad and I'm not to enter. surprised
1: because there were there was a lot of information coming out mm. about um, TWE. I think from different brokers and and I know that there were people mentioning mm. TWE. So. Um, sometimes you can get sucked in if you're listening mm. to the wrong thing and that, that is not the heartbeat of the stock and watching yeah. what, how that price is moving.
0: So, Paul, get a bottle of Penfolds and have a drink because that's what TWE does. So well, i recommend... Body.
1: No, <laughs> don't do a bottle, that.
0: A bottle of Grange. Do okay. the course. <laughs> OK, the next question we have is from Kartik. Um, from Kartik. Hope, uh, hi, Dale and Janine Hope. You guys are doing well. Yes, we are. Thanks, matey. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, guys, for all the knowledge you guys share. I'm currently holding on to Woodside, PGH, Coles, New Farm and recently added Webjet to my portfolio due to the dip in their stocks. Um, I'd like to have your insights on Coles um, if I should hold on to them as I bought them at $11.55 and also like your interest or general insight into Webjet. We're going to have a look at Coles for you, matey. So that's the first one we'll have a look at. We won't look at all of your stocks or, or Webjet. We'll just look at Coles today. All so on. let's bring all of that up. I'm interested to see why you bought on the dip and I Mm-hmm. People do that all the time. They buy in dips. Yes. Um, Janine and Janine, I don't buy in dips, so that should tell you something. I mean, you
1: can add to a position on a dip, but not um, when it's falling. Mm. Once it starts coming back up get again. It wrong, they? Yeah. So looking at coal on the screen there, you can see it's been really nice, strong move up there with coal. So he's uh, bought it
0: around eleven ninety, I think, some of that's what he said. So Okay, so well, it's done sorry. really well. And done beautifully. Stay with it. That's pretty much what I need to say, isn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, but you didn't need to buy on a dip is what you're saying, and True. you don't. You don't. Because because stocks will often fall um, in the mm. first year, at least fifty percent of what they fifty percent of stocks will fall in the first year after listing, which is what's happened mm. here with coal. Now, once it had actually started to move up, a nice set of rules there would tell you that you could buy it if that was a stock on your radar. Correct. Now, we don't tend to purchase stocks that have very little history. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd rather have gone for a Woolworths or something like that. A West Farmers um, doesn't actually own coals anymore, but still, like Woolworths would be a better choice because you've got the history to do the analysis on.
0: Correct. But I like the stock. It looks good
1: now. Yeah. Why would you be looking to sell it? You wouldn't, would you? No. All right. All right, now we've got um, another one. I, uh, I think it's time that we get back into the chat and we've got a couple of questions already. People we do, we had one me. from
0: William who, it disappeared off my screen, but it was about PME. Now he got in early for PME, so i will have a look at that. But I can't see the question, William, because um, it was it was there and then it's disappeared on me. It's like the ghost of my thing.
1: Okay, now PME has had a stellar run. You'll notice that it's been trending up for a long time, since about 2013, 14 and it has literally gone vertical in the last couple of years. Looking at it more recently though, you can see across on the weekly chart how it's actually started to move down and where it is now may actually be um, part of a decline. We can't be confirmed yet whether the, the move down has actually stopped, although it has actually given us an indication that it's more likely to rise. Resistance exists somewhere around here, around that 32, 34, uh, $33 mark, $34. Before the all-time high, and one of the strongest levels is for most stocks the all-time high, where a stock will meet resistance. But looking at the history of it, it's actually kept trading up through through new highs. So I actually think the stock is if you were if I was holding this stock now, um, and I'd bought it say on a trend line, which you know I may not have chosen to do that given the stellar run that it's had, and these rises don't repeat usually. Um, But if I had, I would be continuing to hold the stock. But you can see there there's resistance here. So if it doesn't push through this level, then it's unlikely to keep going further. And a move below this bar here in week ending 7th of February would indicate that there is further to move on the downside. So that's just a short summary, a very brief summary of PME. Have we got another one there, Dale?
0: Um, Yeah, I've got a question from G. I don't know who G is, but that's G. Um, but the question is, hi, Dale and Janine, is there a percentage level of gains
1: mm-hmm.
0: at which you would sell a stock no matter if it could go higher?
1: Right.
0: Answer, no. Next question.
1: Mm.
0: Is that, do you want to answer any more? No, that's that? brief enough. That's pretty much, no. Um, buy, the, the there's the golden rule of trading is let profits run cut losses short. So if you cut profits, then you're not following a trader. And that's not a trading decision. And, Janine, I don't make non-trading decisions, if that makes sense. That's um, a good idea. Is it, Well, yeah. So let profits run cut losses short. So that's exactly what you should be doing. Um, so the answer is no. You had an opportunity to make it short and sweet. I did, but I didn't. No. Okay, okay. You'll go.
1: <laughs> oh, next question. Okay, have we got TPM?
0: Um, TPG for Bob. TPG, so which I'll is So I'll read TPN the question. So hang on a second. I've got to read the question because okay. the producer's yelling at me. What? Hello, guys. Uh, wow, what a week. Wow, fantastic, Maddie. Um I'm worried about this TPG Vodafone merger. I'm not. Telstra reports tomorrow. It has been a horror show after earnings report. Thank you. Mm. Telstra looks good. So TPG and Vodafone, I think that merger should go ahead, and it probably will. Uh, I know they're in the courts and doing all sorts of stuff now to get it happening, but I think that's good. Having TPG and Vodafone merger because it'll put a lot more competition onto Optus and Telstra, and maybe just maybe we might get some better service out of telcos because there's nothing worse than getting, having to ring but up. You the wouldn't telco.
1: buy on that speculation though, would you? No,
0: I definitely wouldn't be buying TPG on that speculation. Again, like we talked about before, mm. look at the chart, look at the stock. Don't buy on confirmation, not speculation. So, Mm -hmm. but do you want to have a quick look at TPG? Look,
1: we were having a look at this anyway Mm. um, outside of the the show. And it's interesting that it closed so strongly above this level. Mm. And yet the rest of our analysis told us that it might come back for a few weeks, which... Mm. It's possible that it's starting to do that now. We had a big chat
0: about that last week, didn't we? Yeah, so look, it'll
1: be interesting to see whether it manages to go higher. Mm. But You know, there's always a risk with any stock. It doesn't matter what stock it is and what's happening in the background. There is always a risk that it can go lower. So you've got to be thinking about both sides. Whenever you're looking at a stock and doing your analysis, look at the upside and the downside. So that's TPG. And look, I mean, right now, you know, if I was an individual trader, if I had Mm. rules that indicated to buy that, I might buy that, but I would be considering my portfolio and what the criteria are mm. for my portfolio before I do that. Um, from a f- our fund point of view, it's a, it's a um, not as big a stock, say as Telstra, and therefore, you know, we'd be erring on mm. the side of caution and wanting more confirmation on the stock.
0: Yeah, so mm. I like Telstra better than this at the moment. There you go. Next stock is for Tim. It's T D for dog T for Tom Alpha Lima. So I would just bring that up. I'm pretty sure it was Bob, or was it Tim? Sorry, it's Tim. Um, I just spoke to Bob. I said, hi guys, I'm an ex-student. Hey, welcome lady. Um, Long DTL, will exit if trendline breaks plus rules. Um, Is this stock on your radar? It moves nice, DTL.
1: Mm. Is it on your radar? No.
0: It's definitely not on my radar.
1: Okay, it's a smaller stock and look at it. It's just gone ballistic, which is great. Mm. So there were lots of rules that you could have used to purchase this particular stock as it rose and here it's in a nice uptrend. When, when stocks go vertical like that, they might go up for six, seven months thereabouts, mm-hmm. about, seven, eight months, but then they peter out after that. So, But most mm-hmm. of the little people are starting to hear about it when it's up around this level. Yeah, in they the are. Three quarters of the way up, you'll get to hear about this. There'll be reports that'll come out, things in the media, Uh, and then it will go up for another couple of months and that will be it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so from what Mm. what Janine's saying is one of our students is in this stock at the moment, a former student of ours, he would have got in a long time ago. Right now he's got an exit strategy set, he's told us what that is. He hasn't done it in detail and that's fantastic, know he doesn't need to do it in detail, Um, but he's got a stop loss on it, he's running his profits right now. Because this is a perfect example, if you got out of 10 or 20% profit, Mm. you would have missed most of the run. Mm. And this is what kills portfolio. So what you're
1: saying is his trend line was keeping him He's in there. He's going
0: to keep him in there because yeah. I don't know how many, about you, but I know I've had tons of people say to me, "Oh, you can't go broke taking a profit," mm. and I go, "That's mm. that's wrong. It, yeah. you can. Mm. You absolutely can go broke taking profits because people will take a ten or twenty percent profit on their stock. No, stocks. but not
1: even that because I've met people who are mm. trading really short term, so they're only trading for a few weeks, yeah. And so they're they're trying to take a profit really inside that so
0: yeah but it's a false you know, reality it that's is, what i'm saying because
1: they haven't got proper rules
0: and those same people will have mm. a 20 30 loss which yeah. kills their kills their portfolio but the challenge
1: is sometimes you can have a specific mm. set of rules that mm-hmm. gets you out early and then a trend line would have kept you in longer correct but another rule you know took you out and that might have been the preferred rule at the time so okay. that's part of trading listen to her mm.
0: listen to her Okay. What's the next bit? I'm listening to you. We've done now we've done the question. Where's the next bit? Okay. Keep on moving so on. So we're
1: on to the topic now. Keep tracking on. Okay. So look um now's the time to get into our subject for tonight's show mm-hmm. surprise surprise and that's why Dunning, the Dunning-Kruger effect is killing your stock market profits and how to fix it so that's what we're going to tell you about tonight I'm excited. so take it away Dale
0: <laughs> take it away you, that's dangerous isn't it now I know Janine, uh, the, Janine we actually constantly talk around this subject and we've done it for like 20 years mm. and it's something in common with both investors and traders or something we come across with both um, investors and traders but I've recently come across a study that was done in 1999 by Dunning and Kruger and that explains things from a scientific perspective because mm. um, what we always knew intrinsically, this has now proven it and the results indicate really what we already knew here. So mm. now that we've um, well I'll put it this way, I know we've all been to a dinner party where there's that one guy who mm-hmm. knows it all. And, and yet, as you listen to him and what he's saying, you know that he's full of, you know, what? You know, S-H-I-T. Um, however, he's totally unaware of, he's blissfully unaware of how ignorant he is on that subject and you know he's not an expert.
1: Yes, and I know both of us have had a fair share of those um, proclaimed stock market experts telling us how things work and when we try to explain how they are thinking about trading or the market incorrectly, and where they may be wrong or are wrong in their approach and could do so much better, they just don't listen. So sadly, they're walking towards a cliff, really, um, blissfully unaware of the dangers in front of them.
0: Mm. Oh, that's, um, we saw a lot of that during the Bitcoin boom. We didn't did.
1: We? Oh, it was terrible. Oh, we mm. were getting people ringing up saying they were feeling their super funds with Bitcoin.
0: Uh, yeah and selling you know, all their money mm. on their houses everything else and wouldn't listen to us and you know, that's then that melted down but it really is exactly what we talked about there is a lot of people are blissfully unaware of these sorts of things yeah. and we've all met these people that think they know everything but they know really nothing and this is called cognitive bias. Now which I'll explain more about that in a minute so whilst you and I have um, experienced more than our fair, fair share of these people and um, I know all types of people mm. um, as I mentioned we now have a study that explains why they can't see the wood for the trees. Now, the study is called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yes. Okay, So that's, that's what we're talking about. So you can Google Dunning-Kruger effect. So on the screen now is a, a graph that I got from Wikipedia. Now, I don't normally go to Wikipedia, but they had a graph on it. I thought, cool. Um, and I'll go through that with you in a minute. However, if you read the explanation in Wikipedia, it says that in the field of psychology, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a cognitive bias in which people assess their cognitive ability as greater than it is. Mm. It is related to the cognitive bias of illusory superiority and comes from the inability of people to recognize their lack of ability without the self awareness of metacognition. That's a lot people, of words. Oh no, that's a lot of words. People cannot objectively evaluate their competence or incompetence.
1: Now you handled that really well. <laughs> It goes on further to say, as described by social psychologists David Dunning and Justin Kruger, the cognitive bias of illusory... You gave me that on purpose, didn't did? you? Illusory superiority results from an internal illusion in people of low ability and from an external misperception in people of high ability. Hmm, interesting. Okay, Dale. Now, that was a mouthful. What does it actually mean? <laughs>
0: okay. <Cool. laughs> The next bit in B- in Wikipedia actually pretty much explained uh, exactly what that is. I know it's a lot of big words, guys, but basically when it suggests or when it is that suggests that what is occurring is the miscalibration of the incompetent mm. stems from an error about the self, whereas the miscalibration of a highly competent stems from an error about others. Right. So basically, if we dumb it right down in Dale's dumb down technique, so basically people overestimate their level of knowledge and skill and underestimate the knowledge and skill of the experts in the field mm-hmm. this explains why we get so many people tell us they love our videos yet not everyone chooses to follow what we suggest in search in short the research indicates that these people without the training are delusional
1: now this study completed in 1999 by David Dunning and Justin Kruger, was not specific to the stock market so it explains mm-hmm. so much about human behavior
0: correct so let's go and have a look at the graph again and we'll start Mm. to explain the graph for you now on the left you'll see the vertical scale is the level of confidence from low to high and the horizontal scale is the competence from knowing nothing to being the guru like Janine is right
1: now as you can see the green line as the green line shows people start to learn about the subject and this gets to the peak of Mount Stupid, interesting I like this that is title. where a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous and here is where we see so many in the market as they've watched some YouTube videos and are sitting pretty on top of this mountain thinking that they know.
0: How many people have you seen that? Like it's just yeah. amazing how many people think well, they know I, I,
1: It was really sad when we were talking about what was pending before the GFC oh. and then when the GFC hit and we heard about all the margin lines and people and I Really felt. Um, they were ostriches, weren't they? Sad, really we were telling people for, people for people. two years.
0: The market's gonna peak, it's gonna fall, and nobody yeah. listened. Mm. Except people that read my book. Um, okay. But in reality, they're all—all all they are doing is sitting on top of a cliff, and all it takes is one stiff breeze to knock them off from their precarious position, which—which um, we which you know occurs all the time in the market. And so people fall into the valley of despair, and here is where most people sit for years on end. Or that's where they actually give up. So we have a lot of traders to just give up. Um, or they just trundle along being inconsistent. Now mm. some of what we mean here is is a small percentage wake up to their cognitive bias and become teachable and at this point they start to move from knowing very little or nothing to becoming mm. that guru. Yeah. So.
1: Now, you said that you were going to explain cognitive bias. Oh, yeah, bias. too. Sorry. You've explained a lot of things. It's but a big can word. Can get into that?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I did, because it's important to understand that a cognitive bias is a systematic pattern of deviation from what is normal or rationality in judgment. So what, So we go into this pattern, and it's not, it's not normal. It's not a normal pattern, from, mm. and it's not rational in their okay. judgment. So that's why we see people that just think they know everything, but you go, you're an idiot. You don't really know. Mm. Um, but in short, someone creates their very own subjective reality. And as we know, our perception is our reality. And this yes. is why these people do not listen um, to logical arguments that might, you might have and statistics that might prove them and uh, their perception wrong. And I know that's mm. where we struggle. A lot of people we go, This is happening. And they go, Oh, no, it's not
1: because someone said, or I've seen this. Okay, so again, these people are deluding themselves as to how good and knowledgeable they are at trading. We know this leads them to inconsistent trading losses, poor performance. However, from my experience, they're not willing to admit that they are doing poorly. They tend to blame or justify their poor performance on the market or other factors.
0: Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Mm. So true. But there is hope for everybody. So let's now discuss how we fix all this.
1: Okay, this is where the four stages of learning come into it. Now, we just have an image up on the screen there to show you. Down the bottom of the image on the right of the screen is the pink area where most, if not all, of the people who have cognitive bias are trading and investing. Now, that's where hopefully you're not there. Here is the place where you may have some knowledge and or skill, however, you do not know what you do not know, and that's Mm. the hard part. So in this area, you're blissfully unaware of your own inadequacy and you are failing to recognise this. Now, the way out of this is to be in a perpetual state of openness and learning. And that's where some of the people watching this show um, are already, or Mm. we could say all of you. But what we mean here is you need to be teachable, now really teachable.
0: Yeah, the great uh, one of my... uh I suppose, not my well, say my mentors, but the great Zig Ziglar. Inspired you. Inspired, inspired mm. me. When I was a young person, a guy called Zig Ziglar, and I got to meet him one day, one said that if you're not willing to learn, then no one can help you. And these are where these people in the delusional state are. So Ziegler, Ziegler says if you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. But if you are willing to learn, then no one can stop you. And I really have to agree That's with powerful, this because it's it? so, so true. Because mm. sometimes we get a student coming on who is one of these cognitive biased people. And I know you and mm. I have to bang heads with them a bit to get them to understand what they're doing. Uh, and say to them unless you're teachable how can we help you yes and it's being that openness and being teachable once they're open and teachable then we can help them move forward and and Mm. often these people are hanging on to old ways of thinking and doing things that they've learned from a book or a youtube video or they did a course or they paid thirty thousand for a course so they think they've got to keep doing it um when they're banging their heads against the wall i
1: don't so much try to convince Mm. people of that but i've had a few conversations recently with people who um, it's funny because I've, I come across some people mm. who th- who think the opposite. They actually don't think that they're able to do it.
0: So their cognitive bias is the opposite. It's the
1: opposite. Yeah. And that,
0: but that tends to be experts. Mm. People who are know what they know what they know tend to underestimate. How good, that's right, like okay. Japan. Japanese underestimate their knowledge, so, and they're, more so they're more capable in what capable. you're saying than yeah. what they
1: realize in themselves, yeah. and that's what I try to show them. Mm. Mm.
0: Now, the next bit is obviously the pink area and the green areas, however, the difference is that those in the pink ask. Uh, the people that move into that pink the first thing they do is ask the price of the course. So as soon as you are, if you ask the price of our course first, we know you're not super <laughs> so serious. So someone watching no. is not, when so, they ring up,
1: they're not going to ask
0: that first no. now, are they? so, and before they know how to trade, but they can, you know, then mm. those others in that area say, oh, well, I can read books and I can watch YouTube videos um, for free, so why pay for your course? So sure. these are the people that still have that cognitive mm-hmm. bias, yet they come to us through an inquiry. So we know there is something wrong with their trading and, so, and they won't admit it. Um, but how do you help somebody who won't share? Yeah, really if the they thing. won't open up. And some mm-hmm. of these people or these people go away for two, three, four, five, six years, and then eventually come back and I it was only like late last year, somebody who'd been on our database for. 14 years finally okay. came and enrolled in the course but
1: well, it was the time it was, their time it was their time when it was ready when they're mm. ready that's the important thing
0: yeah those in the green area know they don't know and quite often they've tried to trade and have not been successful and so are open to learning um, and that's really where they've moved up into that green area
1: so next is the yellow area and this is the area all of our students go through doing the course as they got to the point that they know they know how to trade and that is an awesome place to be.
0: Ah, I think they, they just told me we, they swapped the green and yellow.
1: Oh, okay. Ah. Right, so we're actually on green. Nobody
0: told us they swapped the green. Now. So if we said green mean yellow, so green if we say is, yellow mean okay. green. Okay, okay. so what? Well,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> is the blue area okay, Mr. <laughs> Producer? <laughs> It is. Okay. Lastly, the blue area is where those who dedicate the time and effort get to, and that is a state of knowing or what we call conscious competence. That's where you just trade. And this is where you just look at a stock, you know what it's going to do, and you just trade. And that's really where Janine and I are all the time. And this is where you have the right attitude to mm. your trading and your intuition really kicks in and you trade very well. Because I know people say to us, well, how do you and Janine just look at a chart and know what's going on yeah. with that stock? and know it with a high probability without putting anything what on it's the chart. Going to do. So there's no tools on any of our charts when we're talking to you, and yet most of the time we're gonna get it right. Actually, uh, someone
1: who was watching the show didn't really realize that what we were putting on the chart was, they thought that was it. Oh, but it's so far from that, isn't it? <laughs> you wanna see did.
0: some of our charts?
1: <laughs> yeah. It looks, Actually,
0: like, it looks like a whole pack of chickens run across <laughs> them, <you> know, sometimes.
1: <laughs> okay, along the right side of the triangle, you will see percentages. And we know that worldwide, I can't get over what he just said. Okay. We know that worldwide, 90% of traders do not make money consistently with these people residing in the pink and green or yellow areas whilst we would love everyone to get into the blue area sadly we know this is not possible for everyone as attitude and beliefs actually hold you back from achieving your true potential Mm. that's the challenging part
0: yeah Janine I know I know you and I could talk about this for hours and really tell a lot of stories about people we've met and spoken to on the phone and who have that cognitive bias and what happened to them. So there's like, we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories that we could teach you. But we do need to move on with the show. But before we move on, I do really just wanted to say to the viewers that if you call yourself a trader and you've been trading for more than a year and you did not make around 20% or more last year from the market, then there's a high probability you are one of the people we're talking about. Further, if you believe you know how to trade and you did not achieve around 20% last year, then we are talking about you. Recognition really is the first stage of growth. And once you understand that uh, you are no longer holding yourself back and are open to learning, Mm. uh, then and only then can you move forward. Now, Janine and I can help you fix anything holding you back with your trading. We fix traders. That's what we do. And we'd love to help you if you give us a chance. But first, you need to understand where you're at now and be willing and open to learning, as Janine said, and saying, well, yeah, I'm not doing as well as what I could. Mm. What's stopping me? And generally the person in front of the mirror is what's stopping you.
1: Yeah. Don't let don't be that person who lets it go for 10 or 14 years. Mm. I mean, it's, it's like I said, so it's your t- in your time and when you're ready. However, mm. you know, you can make a choice to do something sooner. Yeah, Janine so, doesn't bite. Okay. I do. <laughs> so next we have a question from Paul who asks, um hey hoping all is well. I was hoping you may be able to take a look at RHC for me. I have this in my portfolio, bought it back in October nineteen at seventy seventy, and it's obviously nearing its all-time high at the moment and wondered what your thoughts are on this one over the medium term. Thanks, oh, cool. Paul. Ramsey, healthcare. Mm, Interesting healthcare stock and my are doing good all question. Well, yeah. so well. Alright, let's have a look at that one then. So I've got Ramsey there, really like this stock. Uh it's pushing high now towards the all-time high, I would still be holding this. Uh, it's really um, quality company, uh, price activity is really nice. It's a trending stock. So if you are holding it, then keep, you know, I'll be keep continuing to hold it in, in my portfolio if I had it. So uh, it could go through the all-time high and push push on. It is due for a little bit of a slowdown. So, you know, if it pulls back below this recent low here in week ending 7th of February, it may come back for in the short term. And take a bit of a breather before it then has the momentum to move higher but still like this doctor yeah. all right next one
0: it. um the next question we have is from rossi who says hello i've started your course oh fantastic rossi no is this a um, this man year? or a woman i got no idea okay so i didn't i have you haven't had a look so i have started your course this year and asked a few questions already as you've opened my eyes to Um, ETFs or exchange traded funds and I know you've spoken about this in your YouTube videos and I've watched them, however what can I do if my managed fund has four ETFs? Uh, This was before I started your course. Um, Your course, of course. That's one of those hard ones to say, isn't it? Your course, of course. Um, And now uh, it kind of made me panic a bit as I'm not qualified enough to know when to get out of it and hoping my fund manager will be. Um, Should I make my concerns known to him about wanting to find a good exit and look to invest more into top uh, ASX 100 stocks if you have time, Uh, give me your views on uh, Russell Investment, Australian Select Corporate Bond ETF, um, and beta shares, gold. It looks like I think it's gold bullion ETF currency hedge. Um, which, beta shares yeah, have some really is, good. Um, yeah. Um, first thing I'd say to you is, right now you you need to worry zero about ETFs, and and really it is. The only time you're going to need to worry about an ETF is when the market starts to fall heavily. Mm. That's the only time, and it's not going to do that anytime soon. So first thing you need to do is take three deep breaths. Say so Dale's fine, Dale's calm, so should I be. So it's not going to happen what it is it's about what my comments all the time is about there's two things one is is that you if you're looking at an index etf you're not doing the best thing for your portfolio you can make far better money just by buying and holding the top 10 stocks in the australian market and holding them and you'll beat any index etf in the current country what i what i've also said is that there's possible what's going to happen or what scares me about index etfs especially Not just all ETFs, but index ETFs, is going to get you'll get to a stage if the market's melting down in a crash, which is definitely not happening right now, you're going to get a, a, a squeeze on all those, or what we call an ETF squeeze. And what that means is, is the people providing the liquidity are the people giving you the ETF or having it. And so when the market's falling, they're not going to buy it off you to watching a small a falling asset on it. So you might find things such as it'll stop being quoted on the exchange, it'll be frozen, it'll be all sorts of things happening. That's not going to happen right now, but what I see happening is over the next two, three, four years is while the market's still bullish, I think our market's going to be more bullish to at least 2023, maybe longer, and there's trillions of dollars in ETS right now, trillions, and what's going to happen is there's going to be trillions more by then, and when the market melts down, you're going to get stuck in these falling ETFs, that's where you're going to get stuck. So you've got a ton of time. Don't worry about your advisor now because you don't tell us whether you're in a managed fund. The managed fund actually has different ETFs or you're mm. using an advisor like a fund uh, uh, financial planner who has you in multiple ETFs. Either way, by the time you finish our course, you'll know exactly what to do. You'll be perfectly confident. When you're in Modules 4 and 5, just talk to Janine. She'll sort you out. Don't you worry about it.
1: Okay, I look forward is that to that. Easy? That's easy. Can we just quickly look at the chart? You know, I like doing that. I can. Any, look at any the, opportunity? Look at the chart, You've Been sitting here. You're for a while. in control. Okay, Russell Investments Australia Select Corporate Bond. This is the ETF that you pulled up. Just look at the picket fence there. We're looking at all of these bars. A very odd looking um, situation. It has improved of recent times, and if it does break above around $21 then it could go higher but But that's underperformed the market it has well underperformed and it can always go lower that's the thing if it trades below the December low then look out it's coming back again but look at the volatility and look at the the awkwardness of this um, ETF so that's one of the reasons why we don't like some of the ETFs Dale doesn't like index ETFs but some of the ETFs are not liquid enough they're they're like illiquid stocks and that's a challenge with it isn't it i don't
0: like any etfs because i just think you can do better yourself yeah um but etx if you i'm not
1: saying this particular one but i'm just saying that some of them look really illiquid
0: yeah they do i mean i don't people that want to go into those Mm. etfs that are more specialized into like you know know, artificial intelligence i don't have a huge problem with that although i don't like it Mm. if people want to do that then they do that but they are risky in my book you know from that point of view
1: Okay, so now let's get into the chat oh, yeah, so that we can chat. look at other questions, shall we?
0: Okay, Francois Brambles. So that's okay. What, so let me go and have a look at Francois's question while you bring up Brambles. Yeah. So Francois is asking. Um, oh, Francois said his son Tian is watching. Well, thanks, Meaty. Good to see you on as well, matey. Um He said, uh, We do not own BXB, but looking to get in soon. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, actually, it's interesting. We've got a client. Um, that name, I don't often hear that name.
0: Francois? T- Tian. Oh, Tian. Oh, we yeah.
1: do. Alright, um, brambles. Now that looks really interesting on the monthly chart. So you can see there, you've, it's, it's got a number of tops here, which could be um, some resistance for it to move up. However, at the moment it looks nice. It, it was actually looking really weak some months ago when it pulled back. Now what this bar shows you in August 2019 is the nature of this type of share. So it's really important when you're trading any stocks like Brambles, like Caltex, like Borel, any of these shares to actually have a good look at the monthly and weekly charts and understand how the stocks move because they can be very volatile at times. So you have to be prepared for it that's the real key in the market be always be prepared and understand the personality of the stock that you're trading so with brambles I would say I like the stock it looks good if it keeps going up then it's more likely to push through to a new all-time high which would be nice for brambles however a pullback a strong move back below about $12 15 or 16 and it's more likely to go the other way so that's what you just have to continue to watch I like the fact that it's actually gone through the all-time high that it um, formed in the GFC and he's actually has done that a number of times so um, yeah it's an interesting stock good good one to watch I think for traders yeah
0: it's a great I love brambles it's a great stock to traders and it? mm. it's a really really good trading stock so let's look at You've the got next one set of rules. Um, it's um, for Jack and yes. HIT so let me go to Jack and oh let me go and okay. see where Jack is so high tech yeah, so where are, I'm, I just where are you, Jack? You're here somewhere.
1: Okay, Jack's picked High Tech Group Australia, and I've got the monthly chart up there so you can see it. It's more or less just run straight up. It was really illiquid up until about 2015, and still on that end of the scale. So you're looking at the weekly chart, that's how you tell. He said what he the got in like. Look at the liquidity of it. Hmm. So even though the monthly started to look really nice, it's now starting to to head above uh, levels that it hasn't traded at. Would you have um, got in at $1.32? Before which is always interesting because they can be barriers. Um, would I have won- I've
0: got in at
1: $1.32. I wouldn't have even picked this stock at all. There's just too many gaps, too many too much of liquidity in it for me.
0: Yeah. Mm. Me too. Me too. But he got in he's got in it just below where the price is right now.
1: Well, look, if I did buy it, I wouldn't be selling it right now. Great. That's my No, that's take okay. On it. Mm. All right, so
0: that's that's HIT. Let's go for Aman asking about Kogan. So let me go and have a look at Aman. Kogan, he's saying, "Hi, yep. Dale and Janine. Caught Kogan. A, I caught Kogan a falling knife at five
1: ninety-five. Oh no, it's
0: been falling ever since because more sellers than buyers. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on where Kogan might be heading? Thanks, Aman.
1: Now I've got a question on this. Ooh. did you actually put in your order at a certain price below the current price action to catch the falling knife because I know that there are people out there that's how they trade they'll they'll see mm-hmm. the stock going up and up and up and trending well yeah. and then they'll think I oh, it's getting too expensive I want to buy the stock when it gets back to this level So, so they put an order in so they put an order in for a low price Why and would what you happens do that? because that's how people trade that's it's serious but it's it's terrible but that's what they're doing that's
0: delusional mm.
1: So look, ah. I'm not saying that you're doing this, but if you are, if that's the strategy, this is you a really good- Do people do that? Yeah, because the market ah. teaches you what you're, what you're missing. So mm. when these things happen, it's not about, oh, okay, I'm in loss, I've lost some money. If I sell it, it well, that's part of it, but mm. it's more about what am I not seeing here or what am I doing that's just not right and it's not gonna work. Well, the expression mm. is
0: cat caught the falling knife means he's bought it after it started to fall. That's what I mean. But not before it, so he's bought it in some. But somehow, some people but,
1: yeah. actually set orders um, low mm. down, or they choose not to buy it until it falls to a certain level because they think, yeah. oh, well, look, I'm I'm happy to pay six dollars for it, but I'm not happy to pay seven dollars gotcha. for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Don't have say?
0: any good news for you. No, mom.
1: look, I would say that it may actually find support here temporarily because mm. this level. Um, this level is quite important for the stock, let me say, okay? So if it does find support there, it could go up temporarily, but this is going to be one of those things, like if you had a set of mm. rules on it, then you would have sold it, true?
0: Yeah, because he said he bought it at 595, so he's bought it pretty much at opening on that week that where it dropped, roughly, yep. or pretty close to it, because at a higher what, what 580, is
1: the high no, 595's down here somewhere it's down here
0: oh it's down there so he's bought it on the falling knife so one thing I suggest you don't do mate is to say I'll sell it when it gets back up to what I bought bought it for because it may not do that for a long time Mm. it may it may not Um, and that's the point is it's about you don't compound a bad decision by making more bad decisions so right now you need to if it does start to go up that's great keep pegging it back but if it starts to if it goes up for three or four weeks and then starts to fall away again just exit just put a stop loss on it and and protect your money uh, there but right now um you've realized what you've done and now the thing is to learn from that
1: if it gets above five dollars 27 that's Mm. actually it's got a small Mm. amount of hope Mm. in there for it to move up but not for long potentially
0: now we've got Bubs, we looked at that last week for we a little bit, like didn't that we? We did last week, so do we, move we on to We didn't like it one? last week. Maybe we like it this week. So let me go to Bubs. Um, Andrew's asked about, hi, Dale and Janine, could you please have a look at Bubs? I own them. And they have a drop in share price but are increasing their revenue, which confuses me. I'm planning on holding. Um, so are
1: you, because you, do you know Andrew, can I ask?
0: I've got no idea who Andrew is. So
1: I'm just wondering why you're answering this question when we did it last week.
0: Because um, I'm nice.
1: Because I know why you're answering it, because it's a really gonna, interesting question.
0: It is an interesting question, and he's losing money. What's been gonna, announced? What's been announced?
1: What was the last part of the question? Um, their revenue's going up, increasing right. revenue. So it looks like their revenue's positive, but what's happening to the share price? It's, yeah, yeah, being sucked in. Mm. Yep.
0: So the big end of town keeps selling it because they know the revenue is going to increase. They've already made their money or whatever else. But right now you're losing money Mm. and I'm not sure why you want to continue to hold a stock that loses money. Um, Now, the only reason
1: I'm highlighting this, Andrew, is because when I first started in the share market, that happened to me. (laughs) So, you know, I've been there.
0: Yeah, so yeah, um, no good news at this point in time, matey. Mm.
1: Next one is
0: EML for eml yeah for somebody called panda so i've got to find panda where's panda hi dale and janine i was wondering if you could have a look at eml And okay. but i'm not and e-
1: yeah. eml payments interesting so this is one of those companies is it that um i don't know trans- is it is it hour, pay take- later ones. Oh, yeah is it one of those i'm not sure I've Maybe never someone at can this type into the, Does the chat. Anybody and know? Tell us. Anybody else? So, so this is another one that's just gone ballistic. Okay, so it's it's literally. Let's have a look at how far this thing's risen. So, out of the blocks, when it broke out of the blocks, it's actually risen 150%, roughly. So, if if you bought this some time ago, then you might be sitting on a nice profit. However, as this these stocks go higher and higher, and they poke their heads through the clouds, it can be a bit of a dizzy action that's happening. A bit like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Um, Yes, only they assure me that that's not going to fall, but these stocks can. So I would just carefully watch what's happening with the trend there. And, you know, if the stock pulls back below this low, there's the first um, sign. It's not necessarily a sign to sell, but it's almost like a warning sign. And then make sure you've got some good rules to protect your profit there. That's all I can say. All right, so that was EML Payments. Have you got another one? um yes we've got Wally. okay Wally's not stock okay Wally parsons interesting share recently just pulled back we can see a little gap there on the weekly chart so often what this means is the share price will rise to fill it now there's Mm -hmm. always a possibility that the stock could come back and fill the the gap here Um, what's also interesting is that the gap's actually on the monthly chart Um, so I like Wally, um, however, at the moment it's a little bit volatile, so yes, I'd be watching this. But if it starts trading up strongly again and goes through these highs here around the 16.30 mark, that could actually be um, quite a good um, indicator that it's likely to move up more medium term. So did you have an, a, a, a question on Wally or is it just... No, can just, you No, just,
0: just look at Wally. So there was no other comment with all that. So okay. the next one is... Um, MCR for Wayne, but Alan, Alan said something I learned many years ago is a, is a big difference between knowing and thinking you know, a very big difference. So mm. you'd have to agree with that. So let's go on. Wayne's probably given me a question. As so MinCore,
1: is that what you're after?
0: Yeah, I've just got to get to the question. Wayne's okay. going, had my eyes on MCR for a while and looking for a possible entry soon. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts? This looks good,
1: doesn't it? It does. Look, looks nice on the monthly chart. Interesting. So let's go and have a look at the weekly chart. The trend's up on the monthly. And looking at the stock, the trend's also up on the weekly. Now, it has made a few tops short term. So unless the stock moves back above around this 70-odd cent mark, uh, then I would be just watching that carefully because it has been sideways for all this time. That's Mm. a number of months. And often when stocks have a bit of a slowdown, they're going to break one way or the other. So something to watch there. But... That's a pattern too, there's a pattern there that you would see in module five of our course that we talk about, which is very interesting. So any other stock we've got there?
0: Uh, we have, but we've got a question from Anthony. He says, hi, Darlene Janine, if you put up a sell order into the market for the future on a share, is that mm. the same as a stop loss? Uh, yeah, it can be maybe, because you can do different types of order types, like um, let's say, if done orders. So if this happens, then do this. So if I buy at this price, then put this sell price on it. So they, they can put those sorts of orders on. But if you put a price, Um, on any stock to sell it at a certain price or a limit Mm. um, then that's a stop loss Um, pretty much that's pretty much what it is isn't it it is so you can do that
1: but But, but for us it's got to be a technical stop loss
0: yeah for us it's got we have rules and everything Mm. around where we put our stop losses now Janine and I don't put those those into broker platforms at all. I've never put a stop loss into a broker platform in my life, and I don't ever intend to. All of our stuff is, we have it on our charts ourselves. So we don't tell brokers where we're, where we're getting in, we don't tell them where to get out. So when we're placing a trade, we just go in and trade and we're off their platform within minutes. Um, When we're selling, we do the same thing. We just open the platform, place the trade, and we're off. And that's how I do it personally, and that's how we do it as an institution. The big lesson
1: um, for me, really, Mm. is that many, many moons ago was when we saw a stock drop quite Mm. heavily. And it was more about having the poise to make the call and not be in a rush to try to get through through the exit door when everybody else is trying to, because Mm. It's, it's about swings and roundabouts. So over the long term, that's one trade out of potentially 100 trades that you make. And you need to be consistent mm. in your approach. And if you're making the decision while the market's open, it's gonna be an emotional decision. Whereas after the market, it's, mm. it's an unemotional cold you know decision that you make to get out based on rules.
0: Yeah, it is, and that's the thing. Mm. It's about having solid sets of rules all over the place and making sure you have a solid entry, solid exit strategy, how you're managing your money, your position size, you know, a whole range of things. It's not just what, just buying a stock and calling yourself a trader pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So let's get on to the next one is SSM. Okay. Um, and I'll bring up the question for that and then I'll find a few more questions. Okay. so this
1: one's, is it service
0: stream can, limited? Can I read the question? Oh, of course. Is that okay? I'll get yelled Who's at Who's controlling anybody. the show? I get the producer, not you. Oh. So he yells in my ear. Um, thanks, guys. If you have time, can you look at SSM? Dividend on the way and has just has dropped about 20% in two weeks. I've just entered yesterday $2.35, but it now looks like falling knife dividend will save it. Just by reading it, I'm just scared. Mm.
1: What okay, you so he's admitted he's catching the falling knife. Didn't he say that?
0: well he said it looks like it but just yeah. reading what he wrote that had me scared about what he was doing well um, if
1: you look at the chart it is exactly that isn't it mm, it's, exactly. it's trying to catch the falling knife and that falling knife could hit anywhere around two dollars mm. um, is quite easy for this stock to do that in the short term because it's taken out this level here mm. which is strong has been um, an interesting support for the stock over time now You know, sometimes what can happen is you can get lulled into a sense of security that, okay, you bought this stock and then all of a sudden it starts to come back and you'll be sitting there hoping, praying, probably watching the stock every day. You just don't want to be in that situation. So, you know, there'd be a lot of reasons. um, But if, say I had bought this stock when it traded through this point here, it's it's a reasonable decision to make. It was looking like it could be um, moving up again. But if I did that and then it reversed strongly, then, okay, it's time um, I would be looking to move out of it at that point and then watching how far it could fall. So I would say I think the timing is being wrong here. Your intent is great. You've got to be in the market to make money. However, it's about the time and looking at what the stock is doing.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it'd be interesting to see understand why you wanted to enter that stock because the dividends coming up but that doesn't mean a dividend coming up doesn't mean you buy a stock but what rules that you bought on the stock yeah. um and, but, but also some people what rules buy
1: stocks that have got good good dividends because they're mm-hmm. not worried you know they're not buying based on technical analysis they're buying on the fundamentals aren't they
0: yeah and that's fine i understand that but what's the mm-hmm. strategy and that's really what i was yeah. asking is now you've bought the stock and it's, you're catching a falling knife. Now watch your strategy?
1: Yeah, so what you're saying is if you're buying for dividends, you still need to be buying a mm. stock that's going up and yeah. have a strategy for it. Yeah,
0: because you and I yeah. know, both know when the dividend gets paid, the stock falls away.
1: Correct, and this is the so. thing that a lot of people don't realise. It's, it's tra- then trading ex-dividend mm. after a certain date. Mm. What does the ex-dividend mean? It means excluding the dividend. So mm. the share will often drop one to one and a half times the dividend. If it drops more than that, it often means that bad news. You know, they're mm. shorting it. Cool. Mm.
0: All right, we got another question from somebody G, I think it is. Um, what are your views on the U.S. stock market gains being driven by Fed liquidity versus fundamentals? Bears pick up on this to state market is fake. Um, yep. I've been hearing that for years, haven't you? It's just, it's one of those things that constantly they put out is the Fed keeps printing money, so it's an artificially inflated market. It's this U.S. market's bullish; it's going to continue to be bullish. Um, the fundamentals in the US until it's not and that's the (laughs) point we keep saying to it "It doesn't matter which direction the market's going it's what is your plan so if it's going up you go in if it starts to fall away you get out so a lot of people stay out worrying about what's going on and what all these bears are talking about saying this is going to crash you know two years ago people were telling me the US market was going to crash we're going to have a GFC and I kept saying it's bullish last year all through last year you know my interviews with Jim he kept saying you know, they're bears of this, and bears are saying that, and blah blah blah. And I kept saying the market's bullish. Mm. Jim was saying, you know, Tesla. I want a short Tesla. I said Tesla's bullish. Stay with it. Mm-hmm. Go with it. And now Tesla's, you know, the short, the people shorting Tesla's all They've been burned. burned, burned, big, big, big time. So, don't listen to noise. Mm. That's really what, That's what you're is. saying. Is the market's bullish? It's technically bullish. It's continuing to be technically bullish. And when eventually it's not. That's when you exit, but right now it looks really, really good. Um, yeah. Unemployment's the lowest it's been in 50 years. Productivity's up. Um, you know, manufacturing's up. There's more jobs going around. There's Trump would love you. A whole range of different things happening. Have yeah. we got oh. time for another stock? Yeah, we've got enough of the stock. So what do you want? You don't want to go. Finals?
1: Final stock, quick. Oh, we've, roll. Got,
0: we've got room for two more, don't we, we, at least? Um, remember, Depends like the channel, for. subscribe. Uh, subscribe to the channel and like the button or whatever it is you're supposed to be
1: saying that <laughs> tyr oh. for seb tyr for seb okay so hmm. tyr is tyro payments mm, another one of those payment companies that's just gone straight up so it's launched out of the block and then taken off i can't really make a comment because there's no history for me he to do said, that what do you think um i think it's going up it's going up <laughs> so Time. i mean ha- yeah, you'd have to have some sort of rule or way of managing your your risk on that, but when you don't have any history, it's very hard to do that. All right, cool. have we got another stock, please? Yeah,
0: yeah, we've got another stock. We've got Amanda, who's yes. asking about A, V for Victor, H for Harry. So a, Amanda's- v? did you a, say? A for Apple, B for Victor, H for Harry. Okay. Um, she says, has a great long-term trend line I purchased at 40 cents. Do you think see this continuing?
1: Okay, Vita looks really great. Um, $0.40 cents was a good point to get into Very it, obviously, good. and it looks nice. You got in up during the trend, and it continued. So, yeah, I'm really um, excited for you, and it's still going up this week. So as long as you've got some good ru- rules in there, Amanda, you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well come done. We, are we allowed to do another stock, Mr Producer? He's allowing us to do another stock. Okay, next. Um, well, I've got to find one now because he just um well, we've done the payments one let's keep going who's got an mcr Warren saying mcr thanks oh so we already did that call we did we've already done that one gee whiz i think we've done all the stocks i really do so have you got a stock How you about amp
1: because like amp is like a telstra years ago it was a dog mm. stock and it still is at the moment so this is a stock that often people will try to buy because it's cheap and we talked about this Mm -hmm. some time ago and this is a catch the falling knife classic example this one I remember when with AMP this was one of the stocks that you were talking to someone about years ago because they bought into the stock and the stock was falling and they rang up Mm -hmm. and they were looking to do one of our courses and I clearly remember this this one, and and you had said to the guy. I think he put like he put everything into the one share, which is just the craziest thing you can ever do. Mm-hmm. And and you rang him up and said, "What's your decision?" And I could hear Dale on the phone saying, "What what's your decision?" And and it's almost like he wanted you to make the decision for him, and you weren't going to. And you're mm. saying how are you going to manage this What's the decision well then the stock actually fell i think it was another 40 percent or something like that after he actually got out of it he made Correct. the decision to get out of it he wrote it in an email and told Dale what he was doing and then it continued to fall now he would have been absolutely ruined if he continued to hold that share so yeah and that's mm. really
0: where it's like a bit of a tough love i know a lot of people it's like they go what do you think of this well what's your decision you're the one that's managing your yeah. portfolio and so you either going to do it professionally and with confidence and with knowledge or you're going to do it haphazardly and that's how most people, as we shared tonight, actually have a haphazard way of the marketplace because it's not just about picking a stock. That's probably the probably the least thing we do Mm. in the market isn't it we we look at stocks all the time but the most of the thing is about managing risk and understanding what stocks fit in what portfolio and what stocks are more appropriate what's the position sizing how we're managing it that's where we spend more of our time and making sure we're doing the right things all the time not only for us but also for our clients and so Mm. i We find most people guess at the market all of the time, and that's really why they're so hit and miss, why so many people are unprofitable, you know, as I said, you know, earlier, if all you did was buy and hold the top stocks on the market, you would have done well over 20% last year. So if you didn't, what were you doing wrong? Um, That's the question, isn't it?
1: That is, look, um, I think we're almost at the end of the show now. We are, the
0: producer's yelling at us again. So
1: we hope you've enjoyed tonight's show, and thank you so much for participating, and for liking and subscribing to the show, because that, helps me as well thank
0: you subscribe (laughs) oh so it's my turn now sorry I forgot I was looking at you (laughs) (laughs) if, if you'd like to see the show continue to go remember to share it on your social media with your friends and colleagues we'd love you to share it with all your friends and colleagues now remember so make sure you put this show into your calendars. We'll be back right here on YouTube Live every Tuesday.
1: And 7-8%. remember, we're happy to receive your questions, so send them into infowealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. And that brings us to the end of the show. And again, we really hope you've enjoyed it tonight as much as we have. And as always, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. Yeah. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. See you guys. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening.